Hi there, I'm Pastor Mary Jean Pigeon with the Restoration of Women's Virtues. Normally I have my sidekick, Miss Chesley, with me, but today she's busy with her church duties, so I had to fly solo again. But um, we welcome you to the program and uh, looking forward to jumping into our study on the book of Esther. I am discovering so many wonderful things and treasures in the book of Esther. And I am so reminded that the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So as we go through the book of Esther, we're going to be looking back and forth from the Old to the New. And in chapter 1 of Esther, where it talks about the king and giving a great feast, we're going to tie that into the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So um, get your Bibles, and let's get into the Word. One thing that I'm reminded of is um and we say that often here as as a women's ministry um that where there's no vision no redemptive revelation of God the people perish that's proverbs uh, 29:18 where there's no vision people perish but in the amplified it says <clears throat> where there's no redempt <clears throat> excuse me where there's no redemptive revelation of God the people perish and we I believe that women, we carry uh, that revelation. We bring it into the manifestation of the seen world. That, that's why we were brought forth originally. And so we're looking at our aspect, the who, uh, at how God wants to live his life through us as a female. And remember, he created the human being, man, in his image. Male and female, he created them in the image of God. So we're made in his image, both male and female. And I know the female aspect hasn't been highlighted through the years, but that's the point of the restoration of women's virtues is to show us our part in kingdom living and how we live that out. And so we have some books here, A Woman, Her Purpose, Position, and Power, that I wrote years back. And it was my experience of learning some of these, uh, some of, if you want to call it the science behind the kingdom uh, and how to live... God's way as a female. And then this book, Woman Imagine, is a workbook where you get to look up the scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and fill in the blanks. I think that's always been, for me, that's always been um, more beneficial for me to have to participate. And so I wanted you to participate in what I had learned. And so where there's no vision, no redemptive uh, revelation of God, the people perish. And so, um, you know, uh, we've looked at the, over the last couple of episodes uh, at Esther in, in the introduction part of Esther. And I just wanted to highlight, pinpoint what we learned from that out of the Jack Hayford Study Bible, that Esther is a, a graphic narrative of God protecting his people amidst hostility. Well, I think that's very fitting for today. Christians are being persecuted and the attitude towards Christian, and actually the attitude towards what I'm going to be telling you today and in the next few weeks. Any any part of what a woman's role is, according to the scriptures, is looked on with hostility from the ways of the world. So it's a graphic narrative of God protecting his people amidst hostility. The name of God is not mentioned, however. The imprint of God and his ways are obvious throughout. And there you have 
the New Testament being hidden in the Old Testament. The name of God is not mentioned in Esther, but I had read once that every like 25th letter spells out the name of God. If you, you know, G and then 25 letters O and then D, probably in a Hebrew form, but the point being that he's underlying. It's just kind of like the sun shining. Uh, it's always shining, but the clouds come out someday. Excuse me, my, my nose always likes to run when I get up here. I don't know if it's the lights or the, or what. Just that it's a, a, a wrong time for it to do that. So also a, a pinpoint of Esther is that she and Mordecai had a spiritual maturity to wait on God's timing and direction. And that is so important if we're going to walk with God, you know, is to wait on his timing and direction. And waiting on God is an action, if you will. Waiting on God is a very important aspect of our walk with God. So um, it also shows this is because of that, the successful teamwork revealing the power of unity in the male and the female aspects of God. Uh, Esther and Mordecai, or Mordecai, uh, working together in a unit and a team, the male and the female aspects of who God is, learning in spiritual maturity to wait on God and seek His direction. That is a powerful, powerful unit there. And, uh, we can learn from that. Esther reveals the power released in her submission to authority. A lot of times, uh, I know the world system, women in the world system, um, we're just so out of order that we don't realize when order, the right order comes. If you've been living upside down all your life and someone wants to turn you right side up, it makes you, it upsets you because it's not your norm. And God is coming to turn things right side up. So you could just take this program as a, as a, a throwing the hat in the door. Uh, you know, he, he's just throwing his hat in the door and getting you ready because things are going to change. And if we know there, that it's coming and we know what he's going to change it to, then we can flow with it. We can cooperate with it. But you don't want to remember when the, uh, the Lord said to Paul, you're kicking against the goads. You don't want to work against the Holy Spirit and he's coming to put everything right. And so, um, we want to be ready for that. She reveals the power released in her submission to her authority. So there's, that's a, that's a whole session in itself. That's a powerful, um, uh, it's a release of power. Submission is not a dirty word. I like to say it's a power word. And it releases the power. Remember, Jesus submitted to the Father unto death on the cross. And when he did that, the whole world changed. The calendar changed. The universe changed. People's lives changed. Not just for a little bit, but forever. So submission is a powerful thing. And I I would dare to say that if we can't learn the art of submission, and that's not going to be easy living in a day of the pride of life running rampant. If we can't, if we can't learn the art of submission, we will not be able to walk with God because he's going to always take you down a path that's going to require you to submit somewhere or another. And, uh, so I encourage all of us and it's not an easy thing. Nobody said it's easy. When your flesh has to be put to death, that's not an easy thing. And part of the fall left us with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the pride of life is insidious. 
I had to write this down because it's a new word for me. Insidious. It's subtle, developing gradually, so gradually as to be well established before coming up, becoming apparent. So it's sneaky. It's subtle. And remember the, the serpent was more subtle than any other creature when he came into the garden. So it's harmful, but enticing and seductive. So the pride of life can, can be in us hiding out and causing us to do things that, that, um, will get us in trouble. And we don't even realize that we're acting out of the pride of life. So I encourage all of us to pay attention to that in our lives and allow the Lord to give us uh, his grace to submit and to humble ourselves when it's time. Amen. And not a fake humility, but a real humility when it's time. So uh, Esther also, last week we saw her intercession. She identified with her people. And, and Esther was a true intercessor. And uh, we looked at that last week. We looked at Abigail. Remember Abigail in 1 Samuel 25? How she um, went before David. Her husband had had disked David, if you will, and uh, and uh, made him mad. David was coming to, to kill the whole household and to burn down their barns. And uh, Abigail sped off into the night because she found out about it. She went into the night and went before David and got off her donkey and bowed down before him and said, let his sin be upon me, Lord. That took submission and humility. And uh, she submitted, uh, for, she repented before David and he, he turned from his uh, intention of killing them all. And also, uh, she was willing to sacrifice her life for her nation. And that's a powerful thing, and we need some Esthers today. Our nation, the United States of America, is in trouble. And we need some Esthers that would be willing to um, fast and pray and go before the Lord and just be attentive. You know, be a servant to God. Uh, give our lips over to the Lord to pray and intercede in behalf of our land because we do need help. And I'm reminded that we just came out of the book of Judges and the story of Deborah and the people of Israel, they would go get in trouble and then they would they get in bondage and then they'd cry out to God and then they would um, and God would come and rescue them. We need to cry out to God, cry out hard to God for this land. This is a wonderful land. And for on our watch, let's, let's just say not on my watch. I'm not going to sit around and do nothing on my watch. I want I want to intercede for the United States of America and for every seat of authority. I wasn't intending to get off on this, but here we are for every seat of authority um, that our government carries. I, I like to say, let's put the blood of Jesus over every seat of authority, whether it be city councils, mayors, governors, all the seats of authority in the state level and all the seats of authority in the in the national level put the blood of Jesus over those seats because that paralyzes the works of darkness. If you put the blood of Jesus over those seats of authority, it will paralyze and render useless and, and ineffective to the the uh to the spirits of darkness and they won't be able to accomplish what they intended to accomplish. So in the name of Jesus, we'll do that. 
That's what Esther would do, I believe. So those are the points that, that um, she identified with the people, and that was a real important aspect of it. Where there's no vision or redemptive revelation of God, the people will perish. And so we're going to uh, start with Esther chapter 1 and just do a couple of verses right now because it just arrested me, these first couple of verses, and I got off into the kingdom, and we need to understand the kingdom. So it came to pass, this is Esther chapter 1 if you're looking in your Bibles. It came to pass in the days of Ahasuer, uh, I wrestle with this word, but it's Ahasuerus, that Ahasuerus, which reigned from India unto Ethiopia over 107 and 20 provinces, that in those days when the king sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace. Now what I want to do is bring in the New Testament here. Jesus is our king. And so we're going we're gonna to be looking at this from um, another realm. You know, we're in the realm of the natural. This is a story in the natural. But um, we want to see it by the eye of the Spirit. And so uh, uh, Jesus was uh, came into the earth, bore our sin in his body at the cross, was pierced through and, cru- and, and uh, uh, pierced through for our transgression and crushed for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace fell upon him and by his stripes we were healed. He was crucified, dead and buried. And the third day he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and set. This king set on the throne of his kingdom. He set on the throne of his kingdom. We're going to see how when Jesus came into the earth, he came to establish the kingdom. See, in the garden, when the the, uh, the man and the woman ate from the wrong tree, the the fire of, in their spirit went out. The life of God went out in their spirit. And the kingdom dissipated in them because the, we're told in the new testament the kingdom is within well that kingdom died when he said if you will eat from that tree surely you will die he was saying dying you will die so the in, uh, internal man the fire on the inside the life of god on the inside of man at that point when he ate from the wrong tree died that fire went out that life went out so dying in the spirit he eventually died in the natural. Your spirit dies, your flesh is going to die. Uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood, but the life of the blood is in the bone marrow. And um, so it all connects together there. So he sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace. And uh, we'll see on our slide that the time when Jesus came into the earth, now remember, he's coming to replant the kingdom. The kingdom was uh, shut off from the garden. And then you go through the whole Old Testament where he's building a nation to bring forth the Messiah. The Messiah comes and he is the seed to replanting the kingdom in the earth. And so Jesus comes and the first thing he says when he comes on the scene, the first thing he says is the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I think that is so powerful. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Uh, so he's talking about this kingdom. And in Psalm 103.19 it says, The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So what I want you to see as we go through this 
is that the kingdom died in the garden or was shut off. It didn't die. It was shut off from man in the garden. And then the door was closed at, in the last verse of chapter 3 of Genesis. He, he, he clothed them with animal skins and closed the door. And then he went on to bring forth a nation and, um, and to bring forth the Messiah. And so his kingdom is coming again. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he says the first thing out of his mouth, the time in his preaching, uh, in his preaching, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So he, he immediately starts bringing back the kingdom. And he put, he gives his life. Esther does that. She gives, she sacrifices or is willing. She didn't have to, but she is willing to sacrifice her life for her people. Jesus came and actually did sacrifice his life for the people. So, um, and the, the kingdom has been prepared. He prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So see what's going to happen is God is, Jesus is the seed to replant the kingdom in the earth and the disciples spread, you know, sowed the seed out there and it's gone down through generations, generations, generations till it gets here to us. And we invite Jesus Christ into our life so the kingdom comes and resides inside of me. Every person that has invited Jesus Christ into their life, the kingdom is residing in them. And um, the kingdom is within us. But this kingdom is going to swallow up the fallen nature. It's going to swallow up. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's what it wants to do. When the kingdom comes, it rules over all. It wants to rule over all. So here we sit in the year 2021. The earth looks like it's falling apart. I mean, things are going haywire. But the, if you will speak forth the words of the kingdom, those words go out and swallow up. Uh, life will destroy death. Life, vict- uh, uh, the victory swallows up death. Good overcomes evil, uh, uh, light dispels darkness, and victory swallows up death. And that's the kingdom, the good, uh, the light, and the life. And it swallows up. The kingdom will rule over that, but we have to put it to work. And one thing about the kingdom is in John the uh, Matthew 11, 12, uh, where Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. That's, as we get on with this, you're going to see, that's why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. He is the energy source, resource, and source that we need to grab hold of the kingdom. Jesus came to plant the kingdom. Uh, Esther, in the book of Esther, the very first chapter, we're talking about a king set on a throne. When a king is sitting down, he's resting, resting in his authority. And and he sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the palace. And so the the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Jesus came and brought that kingdom, planted it back in the earth. But for you and I to enjoy and appreciate the kingdom, we have to lay hold of it. We have to take it unto ourselves. You have to allow God to do certain things for you, and then you have to take hold of the promises of God. And... um 
it, the, the sufferer's violence is in a passive voice and it represents the subject as being the recipient of the action. So the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. It's the recipient of the action of the energy or the violence that they're talking about. That literally means an energy. Uh, we get our word energy from that word violence. And so the, the passive voice represents the subject as being the recipient. Uh, the kingdom is the recipient of the energy of taking hold and pulling it to yourself. I think our misunderstanding has been through the years that we think, well, God is God and he knows and he knows what I need. So he'll bring it to me. He's going to bring that to me. No, he's not going to bring that to you. You're going to have to go out and, and sow some seeds and go get it. I mean, there are some things that he does just bring to us. But for the most part, we are to grab hold and bring the promises into the manifestation by faith. If you do that, the devil can't get to you as well. He can't get to you like that. He he does not want you exercising faith in God's promises because he can't get involved in that. And he wants you to do it his way. Remember, we are a, we are we have a we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the spirit is the energy source to our life, and that's what died in the garden. And so our mind, our will, and our emotions is the soul. The devil wants to get you and I off into our mind, our will, and our emotions so he can, so he can interfere with what we're trying to do. And we want to stay in the spirit. And that's a real learning. It's a real learning thing. And you can see it in the book of Esther. I just want to read a few scriptures. Uh, I think we're going to end up just closing out on the kingdom of God, but it's so powerful. I know many years ago I sat under a teaching of someone, I don't even remember who it was now, but he taught on the kingdom of God and it became so real to me. I thought, wow, this is a real place and it's, and it's something real that we draw from. And it's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's where the anointing rests and the anointing is furnishing what is needed. So everything we need is stored up and made ready for us in God's kingdom. We just have to learn how to access that. And that's what I hope we do. These are just a few scriptures in Matthew about the kingdom. The Matthew carries the most of them about the kingdom. But in Matthew 3, 2, he says what we just read. Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So when Jesus came on the scene, he's saying the kingdom's right here. It's at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. You know what repentance does? It gives you the ability to see. He remember he told uh um oh, I can't think of his thing. Anyway, in the book of John. He told him and unless you uh uh you unless you um receive the kingdom of God you cannot you can't unless you oh I had it written down. At any rate, you have to repent to believe, to see. You can't even enter into the kingdom. You can't even see the kingdom unless you get born again. That's what I was looking for. Unless you get born again, you can't see the kingdom. So we have to get born again. And I don't know about you, but I was raised in a denominational church that didn't tell you these things. I mean, they talked about Jesus, but they didn't tell you you needed to invite him into your life. So I never, I never did that. Well, I never actually got born again then because I didn't purposefully invite him into my life. 
And even when I did, this this is something I, I want to encourage people to. Even when I did invite him into my life, I was at home. I had been reading a book that, uh, that a man wrote that talked about having power in your life. And so I, I, uh, did not go to an altar. And I think it's important that you make a public statement that you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior and be born again. The things we're talking about, about the kingdom, the things I want to point out in the book of Esther, uh, won't, you won't get it unless you've been born again. That's what, that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Unless you've been born again, you cannot see the kingdom. You cannot enter into the kingdom. So I pray that you can because he says, uh, when he said repent and believe for the kingdom of heaven's at hand, he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when your spirit is low, you have a uh, gas tank to fill up on. I always say, you know, the, the devil and his people, uh, when they run out of gas, they run out of gas. But when the kingdom child runs out of gas, you can refuel because that is an ever-living, it's an ever-living source of resource of life, always, eternal, going on and on and on. And so you refuel. You you refuel over and over and over again. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Even when you get pushed out of measure and persecuted for righteousness' sake, you have access to the kingdom. It's kind of like if you back me up to this wall and then the, and it thought you had me cornered, the wall opens up and there's just vast areas out there with all kinds of resources to it. The kingdom is at hand. It just ask and receive. I love the scripture that says, ask that you may receive that your joy may be made full. I have a great testimony with that scripture. And I'm just telling you, the kingdom is living. It's alive. it's at hand it's there for you when you're poor in spirit it's there for you if you're being persecuted for righteousness sake Matthew 5 19 whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach men so shall he be called the least of the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven so um, I would rather be called great in the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom is so massive and so important to having a victorious life. It's, it's what Jesus left us with. He, he's the seed. He sowed it into the earth. And now we can develop that seed in our lives. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it's not doing good like the scribes and Pharisees did. It's believing. Remember... Um, Abraham believed unto God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's believing in the kingdom. Believing in what Jesus Christ did at the cross for us. Believe it and you shall see it. (laughs) Therefore take no thought what you shall eat or what you shall drink or wherewith shall you be clothed. For after these things do the the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Search that out first. You know, in whatever situation you're dealing with, just ask God, what what does the love of God want to do here? How does the kingdom principle operate here? Show me how to do this, Lord. Not according to my ways, but according to your ways based in kingdom principles. 
And that's that's what we want to learn. That's what we're learning in our earth life. We're learning kingdom principles. Because this kingdom, we're looking at it in the book of Esther. And a lot of times you think of kingdoms uh, not according to the United States of America because we don't, that's not how we call our government. But that's the government of God. And that's the government in the next age that you and I will be walking into with Jesus if we receive him as our Savior. And so we want to understand the principles. You know, if I was going to go before the Queen of England, they have uh, uh, courtesies that you have to learn. You don't just walk up and address her. You you have to be trained how to come before the Queen. Well, that's what the Bible is for for us. It teaches us what pleases him, what doesn't please him. And I think sometimes we get we get too familiar with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we need to back back up a little bit and be more respectful. What do you think? We live in a disrespectful age, so it's easy to rub off on us. We live in an age of the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. So it's easy to let that seep into our behavior. And we just need to constantly be checking ourselves about that. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. All these things will be added unto you. I think that's a good place for us to stop. All these things shall be added unto you. The more we respect and honor the kingdom. Uh, and and with this all started with Esther chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. <laughs> Ahasuerus sat on his throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace. And then we'll get next week into the third year of his reign. That'll be an interesting conversation. The third year of his reign, he made a feast. We're going to look at the book of Acts and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the third year of his reign. But just to know the kingdom is real. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom has stored up and made ready for every need you and I have. We just need to learn how to access it by faith and call on his grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. If you missed any of the past episodes, you can go on Restoration of Women's Virtues, our YouTube channel, Facebook, um, uh, uh, womensvirtues.org, uh, com, sorry, womensvirtues.com in the web. And, uh, these other episodes are here. We've been teaching now for almost a year, I think. And um, so we have lots of episodes about the role of the woman, her purpose, position, and power. We went into the power of the tongue. We went into a lot of different avenues and principles of God's kingdom in our past episodes. So I encourage you to go look us up. And um, stay tuned for the next ones next week, Thursday at 12 o'clock. We look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We also live stream on Facebook and YouTube on Thursdays at noon. Hope to see you there.